One thing that summed up really nicely for me is one of my friends, who, a musician I met over there, he's a bansuri like flute player, um, said to me, he's like, yeah, I, I give my uh, teacher a massage because when he's in the best mood, then he gives me the best knowledge. <laughs> Thanks for checking out the Supreme Standards podcast with me, Tina Edwards, in association with Love Supreme Jazz Festival and Entail, the interactive podcast app. On this episode, I chat to Naria trombonist Rosie Turton about her debut project, soon to be released via Jazz Refreshed, and what it was like to learn from music gurus in India. It is so exciting to be joined by a lady who is doing amazing things with Naria and is about to release her debut record as well, Rosie Turton. Hello. Hello. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, not much. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Having a good day. Yes. Yeah, chilled, chilled day. So, we've loads to talk about. I've never interviewed a trombonist before. I had oh. a, a lengthy chat with a trombonist, so cool. this is very exciting. <laughs> um, and there's a few things that I want to ask you first of all, just to kind of get to know you a little bit better musically. Cool. <laughs> this is a game that I love to play with my friends called Life Swap. I don't know where it came from, but it, somewhere in the depths of my mind, I find it a really good way to get to know somebody. So you have your life as it is, all normal, but you have three alternate lifestyles that you can dip in and out of as you please. So whether it's okay. for an hour or a day or a minute, any time in history, any time in the future, any career, this is really hard because you're right on the spot. But <laughs> if I give you my examples, I'd want to be working at NASA as an astronomer oh, on the cool. grounds, because I don't know about you, but I'd be a bit freaked out to go into space. <laughs> uh, I'd want to be a 1940s New York jazz club singer and I want to be a professional essayist in my other lives. So what do you think your three might be? Oh, wow, three. Okay, one, definitely alternative life would be a <laughs> full-on just like hippie traveller, just no strings attached to anything, living in a van, driving around the world. Brilliant. That would, yeah. Are um, you quite a bohemian then? Like, Do you, do you identify that kind of bohemia sort of lifestyle way of thinking quite spiritual um yeah I guess that is kind of a part of me like I love traveling and I do it as much as I can but um yeah there's only so long I can go away and be away from kind of life before I kind of just get a bit like oh, I want to go home and like play some music and yeah. just get back to your roots a little bit and stuff yeah yeah <laughs> okay so good first shout what about your other two lives Okay, wow, other two lives, what would I do? Um, I reckon I would have, yeah, definitely been alive in the 70s. I don't know what, <laughs> but just living. General meandering in the 70s. Yeah, just meandering around, going to like, yeah, living in New York, just kind of, yeah, checking out the underground disco scene. Great, that's perfect, we can do that. Okay, sweet, and what about your third? Okay, third. Oh, actually, yeah, this would have been cool. It would have been like uh, a foreign correspondent. I think Ooh. that would be fun. Just go and, you know, hang out in the middle of a war zone. Wow. And explore it and report on it. And yeah, that, yeah. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> that totally threw me like left field. Like that would take, um, 
an awful lot of like bravery and courage as well so big ups on that Aww, I, I can imagine yeah. that that's quite a intimidating place to be but one that feels really obviously it's 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 necessary to a certain degree for us to know what's going on in the world yeah, so definitely I feel like it would just be so interesting as well kind of seeing it firsthand rather than just reading it all through like the newspapers but kind of experiencing it and such yeah. an experience of humanity on the yeah. ground wow great three selections (laughs) i'm into those rosie um so with naria and with your own solo project which is coming super exciting you're like one of the few trombonists in this kind of like uk jazz scene at the moment does that carry some kind of advantage do you think um I don't know. I feel like the instrument that people play doesn't really kind of change much with what they can do. I think just with trombone, there's just like, in general, like not many of us. We're a very small group of people. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I've never really thought of it. That okay. Way. How, have you worked with many trombonists before? Like, do you find there's often, like, sometimes more than one in an ensemble? Or are you normally quite sort of like distinctive individuals within your groups like do you ever work together um sometimes yeah I guess in like bigger band settings with there will be yeah yeah if two people have two trombones it's like yes I like the way you think (laughs) (laughs) yeah normally just one it's yeah it's a funny one because kind of all the trump like there's so many trombonists on the like jazz scene that I've like known through like my phone for ages and then like five years later if we finally met and it's just like oh my god <laughs> you're that person I've been chatting to on the phone like death me out like gigs and stuff Wicked. so it's kind of like you've got this like one thing that brings you guys together in common that helps you to develop these relationships digitally and then finally meet in real life and it's just like oh my gosh we've got this nice little like instant friendship community thing going on here yeah yeah that's <laughs> a beautiful thing awesome um so take me back like years however long it was since you started playing the trombone because it's not the most obvious instrument I can imagine for someone to pick up when they're quite young so what was your story <laughs> and your like gateway into it oh that's a good question I can't quite remember I think so basically yeah I started off on the violin when I was like really little because my old like eldest brother played violin so I was like I'm gonna do that um and then I wanted to try pretty much every instrument that there was my parents just like you know we're just like okay Rosie sure like whatever because I'd be like one week I'd be like I want to play the saxophone and then two weeks later I'd be like, I want to play the flute um and then one day I think I saw someone play the trombone and I was like oh that sounds really cool so I was like I want to play the trombone and they were like okay and there was this like local group um or like community sort of band thing that had some like a trombone that I could borrow so my parents were like okay you can go there like borrow that instrument because if you decide to quit it in like a month's time it doesn't matter um, and then yeah just like really enjoyed it and Thank here you. I am now oh, I love that <laughs> so paint me a picture of of that time like how old were you what year of school were you in um I think that would have been just before I started secondary school so I can't remember how old it is okay. year six year yeah so you're pretty young like 10 yeah. 11 12 sort of thing yeah and okay. it was kind of like the same size as me oh bless <laughs> so. you did you have like a baby trombone to start off with no I had like a normal size one but you get these like extenders that you put on the slide so that huh. you can make yeah so it doesn't matter if your arm's short you can still reach like all the different positions wow <laughs> I never realized that's the thing that you have to consider when you take up the trombone as a kid yeah that's yeah. adorable 
Bless you. Okay, so <laughs> when you were like, oh, I'm into this, I like the trombone, did you find yourself listening to different kinds of music after that? Um, yeah, I started getting into trom- like jazz trombonists more. So there was a guy called Dennis Rollins, who is kind of a jazzy funk trombonist, mm-hmm. who lives in Doncaster, I think. Um, and he used to come to Lincoln where I grew up to do like jazz workshops. So that was kind of like my first insight into like a jazz trombonist. Um, so I used to listen to him a lot and then through that got into like JJ Johnson and Frank Rossellino and Curtis Fuller and then Fred Wesley. Yeah, all the Wicked. All the classics. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna need to put together like a little playlist of all of these just to like kind of wrap myself in these artists that you're talking about and get like a full picture. Um, that's really cool. So let's talk about the new music that you have on the way. Yeah. Um, you sent me a couple of tracks which sound wicked and oh, thank you. in in a way, not quite what I expected as well. Um, and I don't mean that as like a good thing or a bad thing. I was just like, oh, wow. Like I just hadn't really thought about what I was expecting. And I found myself finding it quite like unpredictable in places. And you've got a violinist in your band as well, which is yeah. something that we don't often see on the scene too. Um, and this kind of like field recording of this this guy with this like really beautiful monologue that he was doing as well. Yeah, that's Luke Newman. Luke Newman, of yeah. course, he's the guy that founded Steez. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, sweet. So tell me about who's in the band and like what kind of influences have gone into it so far. Cool. So the band is normally a quintet. So um, yeah, myself, uh, Johanna Bernhardt on the violin, um, Maria Chiara Giro on piano. Uh, Tim Dillon on bass and Jake Long on drums mm-hmm. um, and then yeah when sometimes we add in Luke um, who just come yeah you know does um, he has like one track Stolen Ribs the one that I sent you which he's written this whole kind of poem for um, and then sometimes yeah we just get him to vibe on other tunes do his thing um, and then yeah also sometimes Maxwell Owen gets involved and does some cool like electronic spacey effects and we've had like Ben Hayes sort of come and do some synths as well Um, but yeah the band just kind of started um, I was like writing some tunes which kind of were really different to what I was doing with other groups like Nerea and some other projects Um, and I kind of just wanted to explore it more and yeah so I kind of just put this group of people together just musicians that I love playing with people I love hanging with and Wicked. Yeah. And I think that's why it took me by surprise as well, because it was just, you know, a, a step away from Nerea and the other projects that I sort of heard you play with. Um, but I'm so excited to hear more of it and to mm-hmm. see what kind of direction that you, you move in. Um, are you looking at um, teaming up with extra collaborators and expanding the band in a live setting or anything? Or is it something where you are very much contained in a five piece that you want to keep as a, as a solid unit? Um, there, yeah, there are definitely plans to expand. I have vision in my mind. <laughs> I could kind of imagine it. Like, it's, it's, there's some like spaciousness to it in some ways in some of the tracks that I've heard, which is a beautiful thing. And I can imagine like these extra layers coming in later on, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's yeah, definitely in the plans. I think I just want to yeah get this album out and play play the music for a bit longer, and then um, we're kind of writing some more music for it and yeah hopefully just want to get loads more musicians kind of involved sick that sounds cool 
Do you ever suffer from IPM, irritating podcast moments? The distressing irritability when a podcast suggests something really cool for you to read or listen to or book tickets for, and you're too busy enjoying the show to do anything about it. Or maybe a friend has shared a podcast with you because there's just 30 seconds that you really must listen to. Entail has a cure. Entail is the interactive podcast platform rich in ideas, ambition and content. So you can click on whatever comes up in conversation in real time, whether that's gig tickets, an album stream or an article from Supreme Standards. You can share your favourite chapters with your friends too. Download the app with Android coming later this year and check out entail.co. Um, so it would be really hard for us not to just at least slightly acknowledge everything that's going on in Southeast London right now because we're in a time where we've got such a distinctive, impactful scene happening in a really small place. And I say small in terms of the fact that it's got attention internationally. Like there's people in like New York and LA and wherever that know you know that have heard of Lewisham now and have heard of <laughs> steam down in Deptford yeah, yeah and it's just like wow like it's it's an amazing thing um and I know a lot of you guys um are flatmates with each other and stuff and that's also conducive to that to rehearsals in the middle of the night that no one's probably planned and like little jam sessions and stuff so just like draw me a picture of of southeast London for jazz musicians at the moment Ooh, um, yeah, I guess it's just like a, it's a big community um, and we've, a lot of us has known each other for like a long time through like Tomorrow's Warriors or music school or kind of just, yeah, just from being in the area and jams and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's, I really like, yeah, you kind of go somewhere like Steam Down or the Royal Albert on a Sunday night and you just kind of see loads of people from the scene and we're all just like mates and it's kind of like, yeah, just living in one big friendly, lovely community. <laughs> Where are some of your favourite spots to go? Like Steam Down, like you mentioned, is one of them. Is there any other like lesser known venues or nights going down around like South East that we should know about? Um, Ghost Notes in Peckham. Mm -hmm. I guess it's been, yeah, it's still quite a new venue, but they're doing some really cool stuff there. Um, and it's always like reasonably priced to get in or free entry. Absolutely. Um, Our monthly residency is going to be there. So come oh, down and yay. hang with us. Yay. Cool. That's really exciting. I can't wait. It's going to yeah. be super fun. Amazing. So, so with Naria, you guys are signed to Domino now. So like yeah. big ups <laughs> on that. Um, oh, I don't know how much you can share at the moment, but I assume the debut album is coming soon. Yeah, there there are things on the way. Um, yeah, there will be an album sometime next year. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I won't say any more. <laughs> <but laughs> the look of mystery that I'm trying to like get through. <laughs> Bless you. Um, well, that's totally cool. I'm so thrilled about you guys getting that major signing because oh, it's you. you're alongside amazing company like who are you most excited about being being next to at the label like are there any bands Ooh. or artists that you really like on domino there's wow there's so many um i guess yeah at the moment i mean blood orange is mm. someone who like have loved his music for ages um terza 
Son Domino, and then some American bands like Animal Collective. Um, yeah, just like loads of people. It's a super exciting kind of family to be a part of. Wicked. And I feel like as well, it's it's probably a family that is nurturing of this shape-shifting nature as well. Yeah. And the fact that jazz is something which is kind of a little bit central to what Naria does, but I'm sure you all identify with bringing in a million different influences of all different kinds of things. And like, you've mentioned Dev Hines, uh, Blood Orange. You know, I remember like buying the Test Icicles record like 12 years ago <laughs> and being hooked on that one. I was like, there's massive emo with a mullet and nose rings. And like <laughs> hearing, hearing him do such different kinds of music and knowing that Domino, I don't know how long he's been with them for, but they've kind of like supported musicians like him who don't identify in really neat boxes. So I feel like it's a really cool place for Naria to be, right? Yeah, I think we're really excited about it. It's just, yeah, they're kind of a really interesting label as they have so many different things, you know, that like different kind of music that they put out. So yeah, it's a really good place to be. Wicked, cool. Oh man, I cannot wait to hear it. Um, And it must be really hard for you guys to all rehearse because since (laughs) your EP came out in like, I'm going to say October 2016, I think, was it? Yeah. You guys have all like as a band and individually just like skyrocketed with your own projects like some of you have been writing some of you have been touring um some of you have been on the we out here compilation like you've all been so busy i can imagine like getting together to do that domino record must have been not only creatively challenging but kind of practically challenging in terms of (laughs) when do we get together to write and rehearse and record yeah it takes a lot of forward planning but we get there <laughs> sweet so it's like seven diaries to to consult yeah it's like i mean yeah with a band of like five people it's hard enough and then having seven with people everyone that's really busy but yeah it's cool we yeah we kind of have to plan stuff in advance but then that works out really nicely and we yeah we put a lot of time aside to kind of write the music for the new album and record the album so cool tell me if I'm asking too much but hopefully not but how do you how did you actually write for the record in terms of if you were all away and touring and stuff did you kind of record stems that you would send to each other and be like I'm really into this trombone melody that I've just put down or do you tend to all save things and show each other when you all meet up yeah, so what we did with um, the the album we just recorded is we booked like I think over three months we booked like a week in a studio like every other week, um, and whoever was around came down, which was normally like most of us, um, and we'd all just bring in an idea and then just jam it and then create something out of that nice. or kind of yeah just jam just have like a free jam whatever happens and then record it and listen back and then take bits from that so it was kind of a really organic process that's cool um yeah which was really nice yeah awesome so when you're not like recording or writing and and rushing around and you know getting all this kind of musical stuff together like what do you like to do when you're chilling out away from music um i love going traveling so i kind of normally book a month or two off yeah and go away somewhere and then just that's like a completely different world I like I'll take my trombone but you know normally I'll end up hanging out with people that do not do music or anything so it's a really interesting kind of yeah kind of just been like oh yeah there's other things in life (laughs) so that's cool but when you go on holiday to seek out whatever it is that you just want to chill out with you also take your instrument which is a beautiful thing Uh, you never know when 
the opportunity is going to arise yeah, to yeah, play. Yeah. So, so yeah. have you ever just found yourself in an environment which is a bit unfamiliar wanting to get your trombone out? Like, have you ever been like on a beach with your trombone, just like busting out a little tune? <laughs> I was, yeah, kind of once when I was in India, um, I was just chilling in this cafe and there was this guy just like jamming on some drums and he saw my trombone and he was just like come and play come and play so we just had like a jam brilliant for like on the street which was really nice oh my gosh <laughs> I would love to have seen that so tell me about some of the places that you've been to and, and what you loved about them um so I've been to India quite a lot and I'm going back next month um which is cool I really yeah I kind of went a few years ago um to because I really love Hindustani Indian classical music um so I went just to kind of go explore that try and study it like play it and just kind of understand the culture a bit more and kind of where the music comes from and kind of you know eat the food and you know meet the people rather than yeah just kind of fully um involve myself in it so what's Um, an introduction to Hindustani music like what kind of artists would you recommend that I check out and and what's the kind of like sonic um pattern to it or not pattern but like how would I recognize it um I guess kind of yeah like kind of nice floaty drones um Mm. kind of I guess Ravi Shankar's kind of like yeah that kind of thing Harit Prasad Teresa um yeah those are kind of the beautiful the main guys so when you do go to India do you tend to just try and find the sort of venues that lean towards Hindustani music or do you take a kind of more like studious approach in trying to learn more about the music like you said you wanted to study it in a way like what what does that involve um so it's quite a funny one because India is like such an interesting place of how it works so um the first time I went I just kind of like turned up I didn't know anyone there um and just trying to find like a teacher because it's not like here where you look on the internet and you get a teacher and you call them up and you get a lesson they have a sort of a very strong tradition of guru-student relationships so um if someone say wants to learn tabla um you find someone who will at first be willing to be your teacher or your guru and then before you even start learning the instrument you have to go to their house and you know people do housework for them and like cook for them um and then eventually when the teacher feels like it you know he'll give them a lesson or give them some knowledge of music um so it's kind of yeah I kind of just stepping into something like that was quite hard at first to sort of find a way in um it's so interesting that it's about building a bond of some kind before you start like finding a rapport and giving something to your teacher before they give that time to you yeah exactly I think one thing that summed up really nicely for me is one of my friends who a musician I met over there who's a bansuri like flute player um, said to me he was like yeah I I give my uh, teacher a massage because when he's in the best mood then he gives me the best knowledge (laughs) (laughs) I was like, all right. (laughs) That could go in so many directions that I will not go down. That's amazing. Wow. So tell me about the guru that you met. Like, did you you find someone last time you went to India? Um, So I did. I found a teacher when, after a long time, I think maybe after being there for a few weeks, Mm -hmm. I was up in a place near Dharamsala where there's a lot of travellers. 
and there's a lot of musicians go there just to play in all the cafes and teach and open up sort of music schools for the for the summer um and i found a lady there someone that recommended me who was like a singing teacher and i went to see her and i was like oh can you teach me um some improvisation and she's like okay i guess so like what do you play so like, i play the trombone and she's like hmm what's that and i was like it's like a trump you know trumpet like slide she's like oh, okay okay come come around tomorrow and i turned up with my instrument and i kind of got it out the case and she just suddenly like looked at it just a bit like what's that <laughs> she's like is that loud <laughs> i was like well yeah it can be loud but i can play it quietly and she's like okay play and then I played a little bit for her and then she was like, no, we're going to sing. So I had like a few lessons with her, huh. just like fully just singing. And like, <laughs> I love that she's just like, no, we're going to sing. I can't yeah. handle the trombone. Yeah. It's too much for me. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Um, so yeah, that was cool. I had, so I had a few lessons with her um, and then met this group of musicians who were from all over different parts of India. And um, they kind of just took me under their wing and... Yeah, we just jammed together, just spoke about music, just like hung out. Um, yeah. Nice. So you went along kind of expecting to improvise with your trombone and instead it was with your voice. And that's such a different thing as well because oh, it's yeah. like you're reading your diary out loud when you're yeah. improvising from your own mind with words and sounds. Like, how, how Did you get struck with sudden panic then or are you kind of like, oh, okay, no, I'm cool, I'm open to it? Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was really hard at first. Yeah, because it's kind of that finding trust within yourself. Mm. It was like, for an instrument, it's way easier because it's an external thing. And it's like, I know where all the notes are and it's like, I can do this and this. But yeah, just coming straight from the voice, I don't really sing that often. So I was like... Oh, bless you. Do you sing on your own new record? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. You're sticking with the brass for now. Yeah, sticking with the brass. Sweet, yeah. fair. So did you find that it was an entry point with this this guru and, and singing with her that you felt like you found a comfort maybe or were you quite happy to leave behind the, the singing, you know, with those few days? Um... I think, yeah, definitely won't be doing it in public anytime soon. <laughs> but it was actually, yeah, really good to sing everything before playing it because it kind of solidified the sounds a lot more. Mm -hmm. So the kind of couple of ragas, um, like scales that I did with her, kind of are really, I know them just like really well now and I feel like I won't forget them because I started off by singing them. Okay. So maybe I should do more of it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So big up on your travels and most of all, big up on your coming record. Yeah. Um, not just for Nuria, but your own. So tell me <laughs> when it drops and does it have a name yet? Um, so yeah, it's going to be um, a fives. So I'm releasing it with Jazz Refresh and Sick. it'll be part of their five series. So five tracks on the album um, I haven't got a release date quite yet but soon it okay. will be very soon um, so yeah when it's out or when yes. it's coming out I'll let you know um, yeah it's all exciting yeah. nice alright congrats and thank you again so much for being here and we'll make sure that all of your links to your socials and all that kind of stuff is in the Entail podcast app as well so you can click on it and explore and make sure you're following Rosie Turton across all the socials and stuff like that um, Rosie thank you oh, thanks for having me